Hello, and welcome to the second season of the Furman Woods Contemporary Art Podcast. I'm your host and assistant director at Furman Woods, Jessica Harby. Today, we have an original audio work by and discussion with Anna Brownstead. Anna works across a wide range of media, including sound, installation, and performance. Last year, we partnered with Cambridge Junction to commission the following work as part of Home Manchester's Homemakers series, where artists created new works in isolation for an audience also isolated by the coronavirus lockdown. You're about to hear Week 9, originally released by Home Manchester during the ninth week of England's first lockdown. It is a cinematic landscape meant to be listened to via headphones in a dark room. Feeling zapped? Want to get away? We offer deep relaxation at its most unexpected. Join us on a journey for your own good, rethinking productivity one week at a time. Welcome to week nine. If you've been with us before, you know the drill. Lay back and get ready to relax. If this is your first time, congratulations. You've made the right decision and we're glad you've joined us. Today we continue on the next step of our journey. But before we begin, please remember that you should be wearing headphones to listen to this recording. It is not made to be played through speakers and doing so will fail to provide the full listening experience. Take a moment now to make your space as relaxing as possible. Remember, the more you commit, the more you will receive. First, close the door and draw the blinds or curtains. Turn off any screens or other devices and turn off your phone completely off or if you're using it to listen to this session, Set it to silence and dim the screen. Now, decide where you want to sit for the duration of our session. Choose the most comfortable spot in the room, somewhere you can recline, such as a sofa, a bed, or you can even lie down on the floor with a pillow under your head. Before you sit down, remove your shoes and also remove your glasses or any other potentially distracting accessories. Dim the interior lights, or if you prefer, you can switch the lights off and listen in the dark. Finally, settle down into a relaxed position with your head laid back so that your neck muscles are relieved of any work or responsibility. Place your arms comfortably by your sides or gently draped across your body. Take a few deep relaxing breaths, allowing yourself to fully inhale and releasing to fully exhale. You are now listening in stereo. These words will be coming from your right hand side 
and these words from your left. It's like daydreaming. All you need to do is relax and let the sound play over you. It can be useful to close your eyes as you let yourself sink into the surface beneath you. Remember, you don't have to do anything other than listen. You don't have to make any effort. My voice goes with you. Enjoy whatever happens. Simply let go and listen. My voice will be with you, but you can tune it in and out as you become more and more relaxed. Traveling backwards. Three hundred two nine nine two nine eight. I feel two nine seven. Relaxing deeper into your body. Two nine four. In the good of us. Two nine three. Two nine two. Ragarta. Deeper and deeper. Completely relaxed. Two eight five. After five days of sun, the temperature drops down again and the rain returns. They've still not agreed on a new leader and I can see the rift it's causing. Where we once moved together, there are now smaller groups breaking away, avoiding involvement. The rain continues and so does the unease. We're all becoming suspicious of one another. It's become tedious. Many of us try to stay away from any disruption. But we're often drawn in. Everything's changed. Maybe. We should have had the sense to get angry. But we didn't. We... we don't. We don't seem to have the capacity for that. We just move on. Heads down. Continue working. The days are longer. So the work is longer. It's seeming endless now. 
we look across the horizon and have no idea of the future. Maybe it's better this way. just sort of appeared overnight. The whole area was unrecognizable. It has to be about a mile high, a couple miles wide. Listen, can you hear it? Looked like polished steel, but when you went up close, you could see it's not metal. It's not anything you'll recognize. It, it kind of looked like solid fog. It was radiating. You could feel it. Can you hear it? It casts a shadow so long that the street lights are on all day. I can hear it. It was so exciting when I first saw it in person. It's gigantic, immense. <laughs> and I could feel it, you know, right through the ground. Did you see it? Listen closely. They just began to go into it, run straight into it, head on. It was as if she was possessed. I didn't know what to do. Foolish things. She just ran into it willy-nilly. I couldn't stop her. Do you feel it? They just sort of disappeared. It was like the structure swallowed them whole. It was the strangest thing. Can you feel it? Let it come to you. It's like tingling. Electric. I feel it. Do you feel it? Tell me. Do you feel it? Tell me if you feel it. Moore started talking about how they could feel it. What are they calling it now? The monument? Yeah, the monument. Like there's this little electric current attached to me wherever I go. It called to me. It's here. Listen, listen. That's why. I mean, I think I was lucky. Not everyone resisted. It was so strong. That whatever it was coming out of it, the energy, it pulls it. It's the inch of the threshold of hearing, but it is there. Listen for it. Can you hear it? It makes you want to be closer, to be inside. And that's when things really got strange. 
It came from nowhere, and now it's everywhere. I think that's what she must have felt. Their plan was shoddy at best, featured all kinds of crazy talk. The thing is, I understand why they want to do it. When I told my dad I was going in, he cried. He doesn't understand. I don't know why he doesn't feel it. From nowhere for nothingness. And now it's everywhere, with everything, with everyone, in every word we say, in everything we hear, in everything we feel, in everything we eat. Of course, they don't really know where they're going. They don't know what's inside. They don't know anything. Do you feel it? No one does. It's in the water, it's in the sky, it's in the air we breathe. I guess I'm ashamed of it. It's in the grass and in the earth and in I the sand. I never said anything to anyone. You can't escape it. But I wanted to feel it too. You just need to listen. I wanted to know. Open your ears, open your heart, and open your mind and listen. And even then it didn't seem real. I'm trying not to make a fuss. It came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. It came from nowhere. It came from nothing. And it's here now, it's everywhere. It's with you, it's with me, it's with everything, it's with everyone. It's in everything you can imagine and everything you can't imagine. We have a plan. I can't say anything bad about it. I, I, I won't. Improvisation is their only option. It's everywhere. It came from nowhere. And now? We know our purpose. It is everything. It was an odd sensation. Do you feel it? And then they went in.
I'm gonna instead of instead of exchanging pleasantries because what are those anymore? I'm gonna talk about your work right away. Uh, Go if that's for okay. it. Yeah. So your audio piece, week nine. I've listened to it twice. Once when it was released in May 2020, and a second time this morning. Me too. Really? Well, I realize I haven't listened to it probably since May. Um, you know, you do a project, send it out in the world, and then you kind of move on. And, right. Um, yeah. So I wanted to give myself some time today to just listen. How did you feel about it? How was it aged? Um, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about certain elements of it. So there were a few surprises for me, which was nice. Um, nice. I hate that word. Um, I I think that at the point at which it was made, I didn't maybe realize how um, reflective of the time in which it was made that it is. And I think part of that has to do with what was actually going on in my head in the narrative mm -hmm. and mm. Um, how that unfolded as a script. Time does funny things to understanding. As a listener, and I have now a lifetime of responding emotionally to artworks. <laughs> and I think, you know, to varying degrees of intensity and negative and positive. And um, this is the first time that my experience of an artwork has bookended such a, I almost said wacky, but wacky doesn't cover it, does it? It's such a historically tumultuous time the first time I listened to it I appreciated it as um an anxious person who watches a lot of horror movies for comfort in that <laughs> it produced a bit of glee because it, the glee that I experience when horror and suspense is done well where I'm unsettled but in a kind of roller coaster way where it's like well I'm strapped in and I'm obviously fine uh, and this is just really fun to experience and I've obviously <laughs> in the intervening months had a few layers sloughed off of my being because it I was so much more raw this time listening to it and also possibly primed for a different experience after almost a year of lockdown in which I have done meditation to try yes, to yes. try to have a, a to keep a grip um and it was just straight up unsettling um <laughs> and that's a compliment oh I take it as one <laughs> that's a compliment but I was I mean I could feel my heart beating faster I so it's a really visceral piece and obviously nobody experiences art in a vacuum like art meets us where we're at and we're all at a kind of place right now well I shouldn't say all I should say we're both Americans living in England so our experience of this pandemic has been uh, one of kind of solid terror for our loved ones and ourselves and there's you not know, to mention the political landscape. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the fact that we talked about this podcast in January when um, it seemed to be that there there was a coup happening. Uh, yes, January, in, a year ago. No, yeah. no, no. This January. 
Oh, right. Oh, oh, oh. The coup. Oh, oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, different. <laughs> the insurrection. <laughs> different, different upsetting thing, Anna. Keep up. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Pandemic, Trump, it's all upsetting. I think it's funny that you didn't feel that those, um, those the that your experience of making them and what was happening was necessarily as pronounced as I feel it is in the actual listening. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the original, the nineteen thirty eight Orson Welles broadcast of War of the Worlds. First of all, because some of the the kind of uh, vox pops, yes, <laughs> of the of the people kind of giving their testimony within the the work, but then also because um, I remember listening to a I think it was a Radio Lab episode years ago where they talked about that broadcast, and one thing that I had never heard was that the people who were kind of freaking out that thinking that there was an actual invasion happening live on radio that um a good portion of them just assumed that they were talking about germans not martians right because it was 1938 and it was in the run-up to world war ii so i mean that really met those people in in the kind of historic moment that they were in and you know it, it, the kind of sci-fi elements of 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 week nine, and the fact that I was like, oh, this is hitting a, a real, a really hard <laughs> this time yeah. around, made me think of that. Your face lit up when I said War of the Worlds. Of course it did. <laughs> that's that's a um, that's a, a pretty great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you come from theater, right? Yes, yes. So I came to the way I work now through a long history of writing and directing for the stage, a long, long time ago performing as well. Um, so yeah, so that, that, well, one, that kind of collaborative making definitely is, is living in my practice as it sits today. Um, but also the idea of the relationship between a viewer or a participant or an audience and the work. And quite often, I guess at its deepest level, what I'm exploring is that relationship between the person experiencing the work and the experience of the work and how that might affect someone uh, psychologically, physiologically. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in, in, in how we are, uh, how, the potential for um, shifting people through an experience. I know that in, in past works, you've, you know, kind of like physically put people in into <laughs> like a box for- and, <laughs> and played things for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a sensory deprivation tank without the water. But yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think I've been playing, uh, kind of experimenting, I guess, with, just situating participants slash audience members uh, within the work in different ways and um, how how a script and then the delivery or the creation of that kind of scripted idea um, can work upon the listener or the experiencer. Don't really like that word, experiencer. It's a bit... Uh, yeah. Anyway, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's a, it sounds a bit like influencer. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> Feels a bit too art school PhD. <laughs> the feeling behind it is apt, though, I think, when, when you're talking about the way that you that you do have to experience your work, which um, yes. originally I was going to play this discussion about the work before I played the work on the podcast. Yes. But after re-listening to the work this morning, I'm swapping that. So I totally um, came to the same thought after I listened to it. I thought, oh, maybe we could put this at the end. So they come into it absolutely just unprimed. Yes, other than other than by their own experiences in the months leading up to it. Yes. Um, but I will be reciting your instructions for listening at the beginning before the piece is played. You said that some people actually questioned the necessity for those instructions. Yes. I want you to tell me about the necessity. Of, I, I'm not questioning, but I want you to just explain the, the necessity of those instructions. Yeah. Well, so there's two sets of instructions and it's it's kind of setting up the social contract, really, of, of what you're getting into. So there's the instructions that you receive on the website just suggesting, look, this is you know, to be listened on your own in a darkened room. And then, as you've heard, there's a second set of instructions within the work itself um, at the beginning um, mm -hmm. that is kind of reiterating the first, <laughs> the first experience of the instructions on the screen um, and, and reinforcing that. Um, I think it, it's an interesting thing trying to create a significant experience when you don't have any control over the means by which the person's going to experience it. So I can say you need to be wearing headphones because actually that's going to completely shift not only the way that you're taking in the sound, but also you will hear different things because of the way it's been recorded. Um, but just because I say that doesn't mean that the listener is going to do that. Um, so I guess giving them you know, as many opportunities as they can to kind of step into the environment that I'm, I'm trying to help create for them. Um, because there's the practical side of it, and then there's just the atmospheric side. Um, yes, wear the headphones because that's the way that this piece was actually recorded to be listened. But also, wear the headphones because it shuts you out from everything else a little bit. It closes you in. Um, darken the room because, again, it just kind of, I don't want to say mutes, but it does. It mutes your immediate surroundings a little bit more, you know, draw the blinds. And it's just about, I guess, it's almost a making a commitment <laughs> to, to the work in some way, in some way um, that's actually going to enhance your experience of the work. And, and I guess I try to give opportunities to to have people buy into that what about your control as an artist and our vulnerability as the the people experiencing your art so when you say control um which aspect because i think that's a pervasive theme both in the work itself in the structuring of the experience of the work again just speaking from my kind of raw emotional state after hearing it it's I mean, if we're talking about entering into a social con contract, you begin the work like a meditation tape or a guided yes. meditation recording, yes. and then it, it you lead us into uh, a, quite a disorientating 
audio experience. Does the rug is... get pulled out from under you? Yeah, it does. So yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just, so that's why I'm interested in the fact that you see it as a social contract because that is, um, well, that's, look, that's not the kind of social contract that I like to enter into just in my personal life. Well, well, think about it though. When you go into see, um, you know, say you want to go see Hamlet at, at you know, whatever theater, <laughs> local theater number one, um, obviously not now, but I mean, the whole, the whole experience is a series of, of, of kind of agreeing to contracts. You know, you, you, you agree by buying the ticket that you're going to sit in this seat. You agree by um, the act of, of in, engaging as an audience member that you're not going to do anything to intentionally disrupt the performance. Mm. You know, so I guess, I guess that's kind of where that comes from. It's kind of setting up a, look, this is our agreement. So if you want to do the piece, if you want to have the best experience, do all this. So then once I get you set up, then we'll get down to the real piece. So it's kind of like a layer. So you get the layer of the instructions before you even start. Okay, the screen tells me headphones, darkened room, great. Piece starts, oh wow, this voice is telling me now I really need to do this. And if I do it, okay, let me breathe into this, let me, and it, 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 I guess it is one of two things. It, it primes the, 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 the listener's physiological and psychological self, and then it also kind of acts as, as the element that can be disrupted. So it creates, it creates a space of listening where you, you, or what I'm trying to do is to invite the listener into this space, to dwell in this space, and just as they're feeling maybe comfortable in that space and thinking, oh, that's what this piece is about. Oh, okay, I get it. And they can relax into it. It's like, oh, nope, <laughs> actually, this is what the piece is about. And that's, I guess, when the rug gets pulled. <laughs> because we are kind of speaking about the same thing. And I'm not objecting to having the rug pulled out from under me. But I'm wondering if this really does come down to you have a background in theater and I have a background in you know visual art and so we would both like to to bamboozle our audiences at time at times but I think that you think about your audience maybe and your audience's experience more than a lot of visual artists do this sound work wasn't originally conceived as a sound work to be listened to in a dark room alone can you talk about the evolution of this idea yeah, yeah, I can. So the way this all came about is I had been researching and developing a work that um, is a sound-based work, but it was to be experienced live, and it, it was for headphones, but live in the context of a large group of other people. Will Heisman, who designed the sound, we collaborated to design the soundtrack um, for week nine. He and I had been working together. And so we'd, we'd really spent a lot of time thinking about the, the, the kind of oral narrative trajectory of, uh, you know, what can sound do in terms of here we are all in the same place at the same time, listening to the same thing together. And then, of course, just as the, the phase of the development was coming up to bringing in um, was actually a rather large cast of performers, we went into lockdown. 
so of course everything got cancelled and I mean I kind of was making a joke about the fact that oh this you know originally this was it was meant to be it was an outdoor setting in a public square with a huge group of people yeah we'll just change it to one person on their own in a darkened room I think at that point you Jessica said hey you should do that let's do that and then, and then it just happened that um, so the commissioning partner uh, for the piece that originally I'd been working on, there was an opportunity for another uh, for a lockdown commission through home in Manchester. And so Cambridge Junction and Furman Woods co-commissioned for this series that Home Manchester produced this new iteration of course, it's nothing like <laughs> it's nothing at all like what it was in. Um, that was going to be my question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. surely this wasn't yeah. the actual sound work that a bunch of people were going to listen to. Oh no. no, no, no! It's completely different. The one thing, though, because Will and I had already spent, well, we've already worked together for years, and so we have a language and we have a way of working and collaborating. Um, that, that we've developed, and we had been specifically working on uh, the material for Idle Hour was, is the name of that piece, and and we'd been, you know, ironically, <laughs> so I'd spent months and months researching the the question, you know, what good is idleness? Of course, not knowing we were about to go into <laughs> a pandemic lockdown, <laughs> it would take on new meaning. This concept of idleness. So so even though the content is absolutely worlds away from what we had been developing, so the content of week nine, uh, some of the structures and some of the, I guess, experiments that, that we were already playing with, um, uh, certain kinds of use of tone and certain frequencies and uh, certain kind of uh, st structural choices as a means to induce specific experiences um so some of that you know we were able so we were able to draw more from a structural side of things uh from what we'd already been doing um ironically i've actually just come back to idle hour which has been on hold for the past year and that has turned into a completely technology free sound free piece <laughs> What do, you, what do you know? <laughs> so, so I think, I, I guess I got my yayas out with week nine or whatever it is that I needed to, to, to work through. And of course, I mean, honestly, it was just a different, you know, it, initially when th that other work, Idle Hour, uh, was being developed, you know, the world was different. I was different. And yeah. so, but that's kind of the evolution of, of kind of what, what, what started, what triggered week nine. And um, that and the, uh, the small herd of cattle that live on the common right by my house. That's the other big trigger. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I became obsessed with the, um, the, the, the animal behavior patterns of this small herd because I was, you know, in, in lockdown, there was nothing to do other than take endless walks with my seven-year-old and our dog. And... Um, so yeah, I, I just had this whole observational, this daily observational experience that kind of had this surreal deepening because of this kind of warped time and kind of ex these extended forays into out rambling around because, like I said, there was nothing else to do. So um, that's actually at the heart of week nine. Bizarrely enough, this 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 small urban herd. 
But no, I think that that makes sense. That that feels about right to me. <laughs> well, you know, I could see they were displaying all these bizarre behaviors, and all of a sudden, I was thinking, God, this is this is what's happening to all these humans. Everyone's acting in really bizarre ways and mm. shifting their their the the ways that we are interacting with each other. You know, on one hand, because we have to. Uh, you know, because there's actually laws being <laughs> thrown at us and rules, rule after rule after changing rules. But um, also just because on a deep emotional and psychological level, uh, I think, you know, we were all dis- we've all been disturbed. Mm. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, gosh, remember, remember when everyone was making sourdough? <laughs> What was that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I brought, funnily enough, in our house, we actually have a whole separate re- refrigerator already for my husband's sourdough starter. So we, he, he was ahead of that trend. <laughs> but I did, I did have to mute some of my Instagram um, friends. <laughs> no offense, friends. <laughs> Lucy, it wasn't you. <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, um a- after a almost a solid year of kind of in and out of lockdowns yeah. in England, kind of sort of um what kind of artist are you now? Do you know? Oh god. Um It's funny because I started working really small. I mean, you know my work. I I don't make very much work that lives on walls or I haven't in the past Mm -hmm. and I I had my whole studio practice and and kind of the the rhythm of that was completely disrupted as everyone was I'm sure and so I I felt like I had my I had little bursts and I really started working small and and making lots of small paper-based works that I, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know, it just kind of happened. <laughs> and so, so on one hand, I feel like that's been a really lovely thing that's evolved because I was able to throw myself into it, whereas normally I work on commission or I'm, and, and I'm making uh, maybe live works that have a very short durational life in the world and, and maybe they've got some kind of extended opportunity to experience such as this soundtrack, but um, quite often they're very temporary and so I guess it's an it's it's been really pleasurable playing around with things that have more permanence and mm. um, so I, I think that's one way it's been able to grow but it, again that came out of necessity because I didn't have I mean everything was on hold all my commissions everything was on hold <laughs> so um, but I guess on the other hand it's become very important again for me this idea of creating works that are about a shared experience so not theater per se but I I'm desperate to get large groups of people together again in the same place at the same time just because I feel like we need it Mm. I just feel like we need it so I think that's something you know for I don't know the last five or six years of my practice I've I'd moved away from larger performances and I I was slowly kind of playing with it again but now it feels really necessary it feels necessary because I I guess one of the things I'm most interested in as a human but most definitely as an artist is shared experience 
curating opportunities of experience yeah yeah I got a bit wistful thinking about oh yes it'll be nice to be in a room with you again I know I know and and in a room experiencing art with others well interestingly enough though I I have no desire to do things indoors I want to go to crazy wild places there's this chalk quarry in Cambridge that I'll be chatting with people and say oh yeah I know about that but I've never really been there and it's really otherworldly and so I I have this real hankering (laughs) to kind of lure people into some really unexpectedly beautiful landscapes and to have a shared experience out there. Week 9 by Anna Brownstead, composed with Will Heisman, featuring Mark Farr, Julian Harding, Tara Kearney, Lily Mathod, Rosanna Miles, Carrie Parker, and Tilly Ustani. Week 9 is a Furman Woods Contemporary Art Homemakers Commission with support from Arts Council England and Cambridge Junction. Thank you for listening to the Furman Woods Contemporary Art Podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, make sure to positively rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher. It helps other people find the podcast and it makes us feel good about ourselves. This episode received support from Arts Council England. You can find more audio content from this series at Cambridge Junction and Home Manchester's websites. Links to both are in the episode description. Visit FermanWoods.org for more on our program and to sign up for our monthly email newsletter. Follow us at FermanWoods on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you back here soon.